0: This is a Holy Baptist Church podcast, bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome, lives are changing, and Jesus is King. Thanks for listening with us today. We would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us. But for now, we pray you enjoy listening For what God has in store for you in this episode, and that it helps change your life for the better, in Jesus' name. Enjoy.
1: We're um, looking at this month, uh, the gift, the gift that Jesus brought to us when he came 2,000 years ago uh, as a baby, and um, there are so many gifts, but one of the main gifts I want to kind of pick up a little bit just briefly this morning is the gift that we saw demonstrated here uh, this morning, so I'm going to be talking a little bit about baptism and the stuff around it, um, but a question for you, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I don't know if any of you are into your genealogy, your family tree. Put your hand up if you kind of got the the ancestry doc, whatever. And yeah, you'll search it out. I think my my aunt has really got into it and searched back hundreds of years. And has anyone got anyone notable? Anyone sort of that surprised you in your, your family tree? Anyone famous? Fiona? Edward III, you have royalty in your family? Really? Oh well, well, we're going to have to start treating Fiona differently uh, from now now on. Sue, have you got someone? Wow, King David of Scotland? Did you make that up? I've never heard of a King David of Scotland. Are you? Oh, it's old Suffolk, right? Excellent. Um, I, I've just got farm hands, really, from Suffolk and Essex in my family, but never mind. But it's interesting you said you both you got royal, royalty in your uh, family because some of you may watch the BBC series, Who Do You Think You Are? Where they take famous, well-known people, they research their family tree, and then they do a whole hour-long program about it. It's really quite interesting. And a little while ago, there was this guy called Josh uh, Widdicombe, who is an uh, English comedian. And they researched his family tree, and they went back quite a way, and they came up with this particular ancestor. Henry VIII, uh, via his times 13 great-grandmother, Lady Catherine Noly, who could have been Henry VIII's love child, but they don't know. So there's a little bit uncertainty around that, but what there is no uh, uncertainty is he's also, via his t- 23 times great-grandfather, he is descended from Edward I. And by his 24 times great-grandfather, he is descended from the French king, Philip III. So definitely royal bloods in, your, in his family there. See, what if you discovered, like Fiona and like Sue and like Josh, that you had royalty in your family tree, that running through your veins is blue bloods? How would that affect you now? So if you ever watch uh, Who Do You Think You Are, um, I'm often surprised by the emotional connection these famous people have with ancestors from their past when they hear their story and they maybe go to the place where they, they lived or were born. they that emotional like, connection that they have with someone they've never met and they've never known, but they have that connection through their genealogy and through their genes. So if you had royal blood, how would that change how you viewed your self so, how would how does your family your dna affect you see our previous dog whiskey who was a lovely dog he died a couple of years ago we got him from a rescue center he's a big fluffy collie type dog but we weren't sure exactly what breed he was so we did a, a cheek swab and we sent his dna off to a lab and i sent back a report of all the dogs that whiskey was made up of He was made of half collie, golden retriever, and Samoyeds. And it was like, amazing. Some of you viewed our dog very, very differently because we knew what he was and where he came from. And it's interesting that you and me, we can also have our DNA tested, not to find out what breed we are. Um, but we can, we can do something called a genetic ancestry test, which will tell us where our ancestors came from in the world. Has anyone done this? Sue where where do your ancestors come from you don't know yet have you only just sent it off oh that's exciting it's interesting because research has shown that people who have done this ancestry test whereas before they might pick a certain ethnicity on these these forms you fill out when they found find out that maybe their ancestor came from outer mongolia or something like that they actually change what they fill out on their ethnicity section of the form Knowing where their ancestors have come from changes how they view themselves and how they feel about themselves now, even though nothing actually has changed. You see, knowing our ancestry and knowing where we come from gives us connection to something greater than ourselves. That we are related to something that came before us, and that something solid. Is an anchor for us. In fact, it even provides us with a sense of identity, who we think we are. Now, the Bible is a story of a particular family. It's a story of humanity, but pretty quickly it focuses on one particular family, the family of Abraham. And God makes promises to Abraham, and from Abraham's family grows the nation of Israel. And throughout the Bible, if you look at it, there's the bits we normally skim read or skip through, is they put in family trees. They say so-and-so was a father of so-and-so and the mother of so-and-so. And They go through a whole length of names. In fact, they did it for Jesus. If you look in a couple of the Gospels, you find his family tree, his genealogy, because for these Jewish people, their connection to Abraham their connection to God and the promises he made to his family, the fact that they identified themselves as God's chosen people and children of God was hugely important to them. And around all that family stuff, with his ideas of living in a certain way, acting in a certain way, dressing in a certain way, eating in a certain way, circumcision was a sign for a male... um, Jew, that you were part of God's chosen people. And Jesus was born into that family at Christmas. And we're told how he connected to King David and other famous Jewish Israelites. But Christianity got popular. Christianity got really popular and Christianity started to spread beyond the confines of the Judaism that it was rooted in. And suddenly you found people who were not Jews in the Bible, they call them Gentiles. Suddenly you found these Gentiles, these non Jews, deciding to follow Jesus. And suddenly you had this problem in the early churches how Jewish do these new Christians have to be to be children? Of God, to be part of God's family. And it's great because we have in our, in a part of our Bible, loads of letters that were written to these early Christians. And a lot of it centers around this question how Jewish do you need to be to be part of God's family? And we're going to look at just a couple of verses from a letter that Paul, one of the early church leaders who felt he had a particular ministry to the Gentiles, to the non Jews, wrote to a church in Galatia. Now, Galatia is in. Turkey, but at that time it would have been very Greek in the way it did things in the language that it spoke, so not Jewish at all. And he says these words in Galatians chapter 3 and verses 26 to 28. So, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So the problem that Paul was trying to address here, and in many of his other letters, was Jewish Christians that came along to these Gentiles and said, you're not really part of God's family. Unless you do this, 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 and this, and this. You have to be as Jewish as you possibly can. And what Paul is saying here is that it's got nothing to do with who you are or your lengthy genealogy or what you do. You are children of God because of what Jesus has done for you. What Jesus has done for you. And notice twice he says, you are All children of God. It says that in the first verse and at the end, it says, you are all one in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter whether you're Jew or you're Gentile, whether you're slave or you're free, whether you're male or you're female, whether you are rich or poor, straight or gay, educated or illiterate, Bible literate or not, Iranian or British, sinner or saint. You are all Children of God, because of Jesus. And this is where baptism comes in. This is where this here, this symbol, this enactment, this drama is so important. Because as I reminded you earlier, this is very much a symbol of a grave of dying to your old self and being raised into a new life, a new identity, a new. Family. It doesn't mean that Hamid and Amin have stopped being Iranian and male. It doesn't mean Karen has stopped being a woman. Those identities are still important. But when you give your life to Jesus, you have a new identity. You are born into a new family. You have royalty in your blood. It's who. You are, but Paul wasn't finished. He has one more verse I'm going to read. Verse 29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. So that's already I did. If you are, uh, if you belong to Christ, even though you are a non Jew, you are part of Abraham. Father Abraham has any sons. You are part of the Jewish family. You are part of God's chosen people. You are children of. Gods, but he goes on and heirs according to the promise. Now, some years ago, when I didn't have to work in the mornings, I used to watch Air hunters. I used to be on BBC, and it used to be an organ. I presume this organization organizations that exist, where they f- they look and find unclaimed um, inheritances, and they go around and they try and search through the family trees until they find. Uh, an heir to this fortune and they go and find the people and say did you know that your great uncle bill who you never knew left and left two hundred thousand pounds and with no will and you are the heir to that money well of course they take a cut out of it that's how they make their money it's really interesting watching this uh program see there is um i i heard this story a few years ago two brothers in budapest called zolt and Giza Piladi, and they were living in a cave. They were scraping a living by selling scavenged junk. They had very, very little. But what they didn't realize is their estranged grandmother in the States had just died and left them four billion pounds. See, how would your life change if you knew that you were heir to four? Billion pounds. You certainly wouldn't worry about money, would you? What Paul is saying here is that when you are a f- baptized, which symbolizes you belonging to Christ, giving your life to Him, not only are you part of God's family, but you are heirs according to a promise. So, what is that promise? Well, just very, very quickly. When God had that conversation with Abraham all those years ago and he promised to make uh, the nation of Israel out of Abraham, he made a few promises. And some of those promises were that he would never leave them. He would be on their side. He would be with them. He would be for them. But also he would give them a land that they would call their own. We, We are heirs to those same promises that God will never leave us he will be with us, he will be for you, he will be on your side. And we are promised a land, not a physical location, but we are heirs of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We are citizens of God's kingdom. We are living Breathing, warting citizens of the kingdom of God. We are ambassadors and representatives of Jesus Christ. And what that means is we can live a better life now, not an easier life. Becoming a follower of Jesus Christ does not make your life easier, but I am convinced because I have lived it for years that being a follower of Jesus makes your life better and makes you better at life. Being a follower of Jesus, being in Christ, being clothed in Christ, being co-heirs with Christ gives you an identity. It gives you pride. It gives you security. It gives you hope for now, but also for eternity. And that's the most amazing promise of, of all. Through Jesus, Our relationship with our Heavenly Father has been restored. And we are able to live an eternity starting now with our Heavenly Father. See, what difference would that identity, that security and that hope make to the way that you live your life? I'm going to take just a few moments to listen to some questions and use this time just to... Reflect and think. And perhaps if you are a follower of Jesus, what does that reality that you are children of God and co-heirs with Christ make to your life? If it's not making a difference, should it? And if you're not a follower of Jesus here this morning and you are so well, maybe you would like to ask that question. Actually, what difference would making Jesus Lord of my life make? to me? Am I missing something that Jesus can give me? Let's listen to these questions. What feelings does being a child of God evoke? What is the main contributor to your identity? If you're a Christian, how much does that affect who you are and how you feel? How does being an heir to a hope and a promise that starts now affect your life? Wow.
2: Challenging. Yes. Thought provoking, not challenging. Thought
3: provoking, yes. So we thought we'd look at firstly um, question two, which was what is the main contributor to your identity? And we did touch on this a little mm-hmm. bit earlier. If you could, if you kept up with us, um, was around different lots of things identities. can can make pull your identity, I yes. suppose, in a different way. Yes. So like you, you know, if you've got you know children, your identity could be a parent if you've got a partner, then you could be their husband, wife, whatever, um, girlfriend, boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be that your identity is your role at work. um, And um, it's, it sometimes that can, some identities that we assume um, can be quite, can be quite jarring maybe to who we feel we are. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I I, I, I feel like a little bit that, to use an extreme example, there might be somebody who finds themselves homeless, but actually that, and then they people put that identity on them. They yeah. become the identifiable as homeless. That's their identity. But, a but actually they're, there's something else. There's, they're more than that. Yeah. And um, that can be quite jarring to have, feel like that's your identity. Um, some people feel, might feel that their identity as a parent is exactly who they should be, and it's mm. exactly what they wanted to be and where they are, and actually that's who they mm. are. So I think it's really interesting about um, you know what are the contributors to your identity. What about you? What are your thoughts around that?
2: I think I'd agree actually. I think um, work work is a big one, but actually I, mm. I, I think I've sort of, over the years come to sort of, it's not playing a role, but you actually have a Particular role at work, mm. Mm. you have a particular role at home, and they're completely different mm. roles actually.
3: And and I think sometimes for me that's also about how which identity pushes to the fore yes. or plays a bigger part. And yeah. that can be for some people that can be very much about work life balance yeah, actually. Exactly. And I don't yeah. I don't know so both Sue and I are um, nurses by background and we both. Um, probably at the beginning of our careers felt very much that identity of a nurse mm. and and you know that's who you were and that's what you did I think as time has gone on my work has become less yes because other things have become more yeah. and that can be some like for me that's like having young family mm. um becoming a wife becoming, you know part of a church mm. and actually so kind of the the um where that how important it becomes as your identity yeah.
2: changes yeah. I think over time um so i think i think time can affect your it can actually and i think on on the back again back to as as you as we get older actually there's a point (laughs) 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 there's a point that um you take off that role once you want so coming home certainly coming home from work you take off that role and assume that new role as you walk through yeah yeah actually
3: and so but just reflecting on that, and this is not to say right or wrong, that's quite compartmentalizing, isn't it? Oh, it is so it's kind yeah. of like, you know, I have this identity for this, yes, I have this yeah. identity for that. And just sort of thinking about what Martin was saying about our identity being able to be in Christ, and actually yeah, that, I think that actually that. that identity yeah. should be our identity, Constant identity constantly through and I think we can be in danger of also compartmentalizing that identity. Yes yes you know so today I'm at church this morning I'm leading the you know leading mm. with Sue the live stream so I'm now in my identity in Christ yes, <laughs> yes. moment but when yeah. I get home this afternoon I'll be yeah. in my mother identity exactly yeah you know so it's kind of it's just it's just interesting because I think that's a challenge for us all actually mm. is um and I think you spoke about it earlier about saying what's our what's the true identity mm. when you're sort of wrestling with all these different identities yeah. and I'm putting this hat on that hat on yeah. doing this role doing that role being that person being that person what is the, the what is the core identity she, Jesus, yeah yeah um so and that's what we both believe mm. for sure so a bit of a challenge this week if you're up for it have a little think about all the roles or identities yeah. you think you might play and what does that mean and do you do the the bit that sue was saying about like well when i'm there i'm doing this person i'm this person when i'm there i'm this person when i'm, there, I'm, person. I'm there, that person and just a bit of self-reflection really of like how how comfortable are you in all of that you know are you are you living life you thinking that's actually fine i'm good with it i feel like hey, i'm truly myself or is there something that's jarring like was talked about earlier maybe not so as extreme as being labeled or something but kind of is something jarring in your life and maybe just use listen back to what Martin said again and think about does Jesus have a role to play in being part of your identity or being the identity um, that you have so you yeah, have a little think about that if you have any questions that have been raised by today's talk or any of the other talks or just generally about um, Christianity and what it means to be a Jesus follower then do email us on gotquestions at if you want to know about any more events that are going on you can subscribe to our youtube page follow holy baptist church on um, facebook and you can also email us at join.in at hawleybaptist.org.uk. just um, say i want to know more about what you're up to or anything else or if you can only remember one email that's probably the email to remember because they can answer yeah. your questions there as well Um, And if you feel that this has been really useful series, you want to share this, you've enjoyed, or or even just the baptism, you will think that's a really positive thing to share with your friends and family, then do just please um, share this YouTube (coughs) clip with others.
0: That was today's episode of the Holy Baptist Church podcast. We hope it's prompted you to want to follow Jesus, hopefully a lot, but even just a little bit more closely. If you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode or you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can email us, gotquestions at holybaptist.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. It would really make our day. If you want to hear more from us, just a reminder, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the Holy Baptist Church app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to hear it as well. Simply search Holy Baptist Church. Thank you again for listening to Holy Back to Church podcast. We pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time.